You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. and girls, ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Stadium Miguel. It's your favorite Uncle Silk. It's Dan. And Delatory. Same corner, same times. Welcome back. How y'all feeling, boys? I'll tell you, good. I, I am. I'm beat. It was it was leg day at the gym, but I spent the uh, the last four days uh, over in Park City, Utah, uh, skiing. Mm. I didn't see Dan Mullen out there. Invited him to the bar a couple times. Saw he was out there. I uh, saw some people, Work. saw them around town, but I uh, didn't get the chance uh, to hang out at the No Name Saloon with uh, with the Mullen family. But uh, otherwise, a uh, spectacular vacation. <laughs> two two dance on the out there. Yeah. Oh yeah. He was. Oh yeah. He was flexing on uh, on uh, Instagram all weekend. You know, in the in the hot tub downtown, on the uh, on the chairlift, on the bro, slopes. But bro, my my unfollow of Dan Mullen on. Any and all social medias was swifter than Scott Strickland giving him the axe. <laughs> Swift, real quick unfollow. Maybe that's why he didn't join me. I did unfollow him on Twitter um, right after the uh, the the uh, execution of his uh, termination agreement. But uh, I forgot that I still followed him on Instagram, and all of a sudden he has a newfound love for for social media since he uh, since he left. So living um, his best life now, man. All that vacation, man. That's the best place for uh, vacation vibes is the gram. Oh, absolutely. And he's flexing on everybody. He's letting you know that he's using every penny of that $6 million buyout. That he got. <laughs> I ain't mad at him, man. That's the game. Yeah, that, that $6 million already hit the account. So, yeah, buddy. You got to do, do what you got to do to be happy, man. Dan wanting to be vacationing and not coaching in, uh, coaching SEC championship football. So, I'll let him live his best life. I like it. Live your, live your, life, live your best life, Daniel. Right. Go ahead. Right. <laughs> Nick, what would you, you get into this weekend? Another trip to Embers? Uh, no, no trip to Embers. Uh, there was a farmer's market, um, over nice. here in Tioga. Um, big Silk Vibes. Yeah, 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 big Silk Vibes. Um, Trust that's what Silk was doing instead of watching the Missouri game. Um, and then, uh, went out to dinner with a, with another couple to V Pizza, that place, Sidecar Dan. The oh, yeah, yeah. Place, uh, right there. And then, um, on the way home, we were passing the Hatchberry, which is an axe throwing bar. Went in there and um, not going to brag, but I think I would have been I would have been all right in like medieval times. I, I know my way around throwing some axes. I haven't participated in that, Dan. Have you done the axe throwing? I, uh, I haven't. No? I haven't. I've, I've been invited. I think once or twice. We were going to do a company outing there, and then some scheduling conflicts got in the way. Um, it. I, I don't know if I'd be good at it or not. Um, a company outings with axes doesn't sound. <laughs> it sounds like human resources <laughs> should approve that. Man. It, uh, oh, it was man. the second time I've done it. There's a bar down in Fort Lauderdale that uh, a buddy of mine from high school opened, um, and we went. And I, I, what's I don't the name know of the bar, man? Public, man. What's the name? What's the name, what's the name um, of the bar? I forget. It's oh, what friend you are? Oh, yeah. chops and hops, <laughs> hops and hops and chops, chops and hops, because it's okay. like a beer bar with right with access, chops, hops. Got it. I get it. Funny. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I was there with some good friends. I'm actually going to uh, a wedding for one of them uh, in two weeks time. And uh, he was mad because I threw like the first axe and it was really good. He was like, there was no way there was no gray area. He was like, 
because you played baseball, you were either going to be really good at this or you wouldn't get it and you would throw like a tantrum and you'd be mm. angry that you couldn't like throw the axes. But yeah, I was really good with the axes. Started throwing them underhand, overhand, two hands. Like I said, I, I, I'd be a, uh, I, I'd be, I'd be all right in the medieval times. What's, what's the uh, technique that worked best for you? Was it the, the two hand? Was it the one hand? I didn't have as much control. It, it's not, people think it's, um, people think it's big on like, speed it's really you just have to get the rotations right because if you try to throw too hard you're gonna get an over rotation it's really just it was really just a one rotation from the hand so it's just finding find that rhythm here's my thing about that right so when i normally go like when i haven't bowled in a while and i go back i take mm. some, some rust off usually i'm like rolling a lot of gutter balls um just you know just get the rust off my bowling my bowling uh roll yeah you get the rust um, off your balls right 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 a little mm. bit uh shot the manscape <laughs> um so with the axe, there's no gutter. So how does that work, man? If you just off, like, do they have like safety <laughs> precautions? Like, how do, how does that work, Nate? Yeah, yeah. You're like <laughs> it's like a cage. Oh, it's a cage. <laughs> they they don't line people up as like, hey, here's our here's our human gutter. You know, if you miss, oh shoot, sucks for that guy. Um, you're kind of standing, and there's so there's two lanes, right? Um, and then there's like a chain link fence, little. Heftier okay. than that. that sounds safe. In between both lanes, and then you, you're given safety instructions. I have um, experts, they call them, mm. that come mm. in and, and give you some, you know, fine points, uh, some basics. Um, if the person in the lane next to you is walking up to retrieve their axe, don't throw yours. You know, how long like you think that. the experts train uh, for that job? Like, <laughs> I didn't like think um, not to besmirch the young lady's name, um, but. I think that might have been her first first week on the job. Didn't mm. seem didn't seem very spurt in the axing. Didn't didn't seem like a lumberjack background, huh? She, no, no, I don't think so. I think she's she probably, was in college. Probably, and it was uh, a job opportunity. Mm, pretty much. Axe tender. I like that. Uh, Silk. I think I know your answer, but Nick, I'm curious your answer. So we have axe tenders, and then we have bud mm -hmm. tenders mm. for um, for the marijuana world. Uh, what is your favorite punny name for a, a worker at one of those establishments? An axe tender or a bud tender? I liked expert. I thought that or was expert. I'm sorry, that's what it was. An expert. I liked. I liked expert. A bud okay. tender is funny. Um, but I like expert. Mm. So bud tenders don't really slap like bartenders, so I don't really like it. I like that. <laughs> Maybe when it goes recreational in Florida, like bud tenders are slap like bartenders. But right now, it's usually some <laughs> geek. Um, and you really don't really want to tip them like that, you know what I'm saying? Because it's already <laughs> a medical purchase. You feel like you're at a pharmacy type vibe, not really a bar. So I'm still gonna go butt tender just for cultural purposes, man. I totally I got, I got like Dwight Schrute vibes there. He was like, I only tip people for for jobs I can't do. It's like my doctor right. pulverized my 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 kidney stones. I gave him a tip. It's like, yeah, you're not gonna tip. You're not gonna tip a medical doctor. I like it's actually, that. It's I like actually that. a good stance. I didn't so, get it too too much, man. I just I, I was catching up on rest, so I got to do the national signing day event on Wednesday. Yeah, uh, which turned out pretty great. We should have some more footage rolling out on on Thursday this week on the Roll Up Network. Uh, excited to put the final product out there, but man, I didn't do anything. I just caught up on rest. Once Wednesday, I went to my dead period like a recruit. So once Wednesday kind of kind of went down, I just shut it down for a few days and caught up on rest, life. Um, watch a lot of anime with my son this weekend. Just yeah. track practice, just vibe, man. Um, so Billy Napier, Billy Napier announced that his staff took a five day vacation. So Corey's like, 
Hey, me, I'll, me too. I'll, yeah, I'm joining the vibe. Me too. I, wor- I worked hard. Got to man. It was, it was hard work, man. Up until to, to national signing day, we did a lot of coverage. Uh, and then we it's, it's been a long football season. We don't stop right after the season, man. So as a podcaster, I just needed a few days just to reset mm-hmm. my brain, man, and get ready for this this 2023 class. I love it, man. I love it. Well, let's get uh, let's get some announcements out of the way. Uh, we've got a great show for you today. We're bringing on uh, Rick Wells, and then we're going to bring on gymnastics coach uh, Jenny Rowland for her uh, second appearance on the show. Uh, just a couple other announcements. We do have some exciting guests coming on uh, in the future. Uh, women's basketball coach Kelly Ray Finley, congratulations to her uh, and her team. They are ranked from the first time, I believe, since 2006 is what I saw today. Uh, they came in at number 19. Oh, 2016. Sorry. Uh, still a uh, still a great feat after everything that they've gone through over the last uh, year or so. Uh, but they just rattled off, I think, uh, six out of seven victories, including uh, five against uh, top 25 opponents, and including an absolute thrashing of the uh, the Tennessee Volunteers uh, team that was ranked number seven in the country, and then they beat Georgia uh, on Sunday. So congratulations to them. So she's going to be joining. Uh, we do have a couple former players that are going to be joining. We have a couple members of the uh, the new support staff that will be joining. Uh, and who knows, you may be having some coaches uh, on here in the next couple bit uh, as well. Uh, so before we do that um, – Let's get uh, let's get into the show. Uh, looks like we might have a, a quick reschedule of uh, Rick Wells, but uh, right. as we always do, we're going to give a shout out to our friend Alan Horn uh, from uh, from State Farm. So give Alan a call. Uh, he is the title sponsor. He is a former Gator baseball player. Nick, want to dive into baseball with you a little bit here in a minute as well. Uh, but Alan Horn is a State Farm agent in Jasper, Georgia, that specializes in auto, home, renters, life, business insurance, and retirement planning in Georgia, Florida. Alabama and Tennessee. So check them out at allenhorninsurance.com. Again, you know, the spelling is A-L-A-N Horn, H-O-R-N-E insurance.com or give them a buzz at 706-629-2888. I had the chance to talk to a couple people on his staff uh, last week. Incredibly nice people get things over to you uh, in an expeditious manner. So give Alan Horn uh, and his team a call. Visit him at allenhorninsurance.com. Dot com. So we do have some time uh, with, Rick, uh, with Rick Wells, pardon me, uh, needing to reschedule. I do want to get into National Signing Day. Uh, the Gators still have uh, one prospect, Arliss Boardingham uh, from California, that is set to announce here shortly. Uh, but uh, but Nick uh, Silk, uh, we went into uh, last episode uh, a little bit uh, – bullish on what might Big happen lies. to the yeah a little bullish on what happened uh with the recruiting class it didn't quite turn out uh as well as we thought but uh overall nick give your uh your thoughts yeah um uh, looking at the i i think a lot of what happens with signing day i mean listen like we we were pumping up too i think we felt good about the momentum that the staff had um but a lot of the stuff that you know, fans, and I understand fans getting angry on the day. Um, I don't think, you know, everyone got wrapped up into um, Matthews and Perkins, but I, I think neither, none of us felt really good about or great about those guys landing. Uh, I think a lot of what the staff did was they made their, they, they got their guys in, in the first half and then they took some big swings Um I think you look at the class overall, the 17 guys they got, and then you add in the five transfers. 
um, to make it really like a, a 22 person class. Um, I think you hit a bunch of needs. You've got mm-hmm. two offensive linemen transfers and Cameron Waits, and Osiris Torrance, um, Christian Williams, another offensive lineman, David Connor, another offensive lineman, um, Jalen Farmer. I think that was a really big one to, to hold mm-hmm. on to. Um, so you hit on some guys and I think the staff felt good about what they had gotten and what they had kind of locked up going into signing day last Wednesday. Um, and then you take some swings and I think Billy Napier said it on Wednesday. He's like, you have to have kind of a baseball attitude about this. Like you're going to swing, you're going to miss. Um, that doesn't mean you don't keep swinging for the fences, you know, in the next cycle or, or with mm-hmm. somebody else. So, um, maybe, maybe a little too much hype from us. Um, and, and from people who cover recruiting. Um, but I think when you look at the class, is it is it fantastic? Is it, you know, in my opinion, a top 10 class? No. Did you hit some needs and, and, and fill some voids? I think, I think you did. It's a full class. Uh, just before I get into my, my full take, Nick, did you, I mean, it's, it's, it's fuller than what we thought, right? Um, well, not that I thought. I thought we'd get a full class regardless because you kind of got to. But um, Yeah, I, thought- I think – I, I think the big thing is, and Billy kind of talked about it, and um, and I think you know I can I can go into a little bit about what he's talked to boosters about as well. But you're getting really free agency in, in an aspect in college football, and you had a transfer portal window before signing day, and you're going to get another transfer portal window um, after spring practice. And, and Florida right now, by my count is at 91 scholarships. So you're already six over the limit. And Billy Napier is already talking about, there's going to be another, you know, air quotes, free agency period for transfer portal after spring practice. And that's going to be not just at Florida, but there's going to be attrition at Florida. Um, any school that had new, a new coaching staff, Miami, Florida, um, USC, Oklahoma, you're going to get kids who have stuck it out and then go through a spring with a new coaching staff. And it's like, yo, this isn't what I signed up for. I'm going to find somewhere else to go. Or a coaching staff tells a kid, Hey, we, we, we gave it a shot. We gave you some playing time. If you want to play football, it's not going to be here. And you're going to see a lot of attrition on rosters all over the place. And there's going to be more in the transfer portal. So you can say this 2022 class is done, but you're going to see some some more players come in um, through the portal after spring practice, and yeah, and, no and guys leave. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I think the, the the class overall was was considering Billy Napier walked in and emptied the clip. Um, mm-hmm. Pretty much was starting from scratch. Everybody kind of lost their mind and thought that we oh we kind of this class is doing we're just scrapping it. Like there, there's no way these guys are serious with scrapping. Uh, Nick, Nick Evers, y'all said Gibson. it was crazy. Yeah, you were crazy because they finished at, what, 17, 18 or something like that? They were at like 78 or 87. I can't remember. One of, the, one of those weird numbers. Uh, but he emptied the clip. Uh, and then we kind of just kind of watched, sat, sat back, and he landed Kamari Wilson on early signing day. Um, a couple guys we didn't expect. Also mm-hmm. in the portal, they got busy. And we saw these guys could recruit a little bit. Um, I, I was cautioned a little bit with, with, with my man Perkins thinking that DM would come in and scoop. I just know guys like that don't telegraph their recruitment. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was just showing a, lo- a lot too, a little too much. Like he was mm-hmm. too- well, we lost so, but um, he'll, he'll be back in a second. Connection but- issue. Yeah. Dan, Dan got, Dan got new internet. 
uh, new place, new internet, and now Silk. Silk's got Dan's old hamster. What do you? What are you, right. what, are you feeding, what are you feeding Dan's hamster over there? <laughs> no, I got to shorten his mic cord. When the mic move, when the mic when it moves, it, it knocks me all the way out of the internet for some odd reason. I don't know why it does that. Oh, but man. um, yeah, I mean, getting rid of Nick, Nick Evers, uh, Jaden Gibson. Uh, we kind of thought that this class was, was a wrap. Uh, mm-hmm. Watching them, them land some guys early signing day, we got excited and thought they could land Perkins. Perkins. Uh, telegraphed a lot, a lot of things in recru- his recruitment, and we and I kind of cautioned a lot of people that I don't know, bro. It's kind of hard uh, watching recruiting all these years to believe he's coming to Florida because these kids like to make surprises, and he's just uh, Florida, 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 uh, a little too much. Even at Kent, whether whether it was All Star Games, Twitter, IG, his mom, it was just Florida, Florida, Florida. And usually, when it's like that in recruiting, it's not that team. Um, but nonetheless, I think these guys did a good job recruiting. I think we got into some to, was, got into a, to some names that we weren't uh, recruiting before in this cycle. Um, we got we got close with, with some guys that they have some Louisiana relationships with. It didn't pan out. It didn't land them. Um, this class to be ranked 18, they got a chance to, to land Arliss. Uh, that'll put them around, I think, 16 mm-hmm. or something like that. It depends on which rankings. I don't know which rankings mm-hmm. um, we're, we're looking at right now. But overall, not a bad class. Um, at all, I thought. I thought keeping, like you said, J- uh, former was a big deal. Landing mm-hmm. Torrance in the trenches, um, all those guys in, in, on the offensive line were definitely big gets. Um, the running back, a uh, citizen, was 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 one we all got excited for towards the end yep. as well. Um, but looking at the depth chart, that made sense. Um, mm-hmm. We brought in what three backs? If I'm not mistaken. Uh, uh, we yeah, brought well, in. He, he, he would have been the third. He would have well, been the third. Got- Trevor yeah. Etain and then um, the freshman Montreal transfer. Johnson, correct? Montreal Johnson, yeah. And and, and honestly, um, it, it's a pretty deep room. You got five guys there, so mm-hmm. um, I'll be interested to see, you know, with Montreal Johnson, how much um, familiarity he has with the system and, and the success he had last year. But like, listen, like they have five dudes carry the ball a hundred times. Like you're gonna, they're right. gonna spread the ball around, and this is gonna be a run first offense. Yeah, but I thought these guys did good. I don't. I don't yeah. think Mario did anything extra. Like anybody that mm-hmm. think Mario did something extra to beat to be uh, Billy out, or he's a better recruit. I, that's not what I've seen. I've seen um, a guy like Mario keep keep many guys on board and then build from there, mm-hmm. uh, and to, to only finish a spot or two ahead of him recruiting. I don't think them getting Citizen was any better than us getting uh, Pryburn or or, mm-hmm. or Torrance or Kamari. Those I think when you look at head to head. If at the worst, we split with, with Mario. Mm-hmm. At the worst. I think, considering the new staff, I thought our staff did a pretty good job recruiting. Um, mm-hmm. Not no hormone stuff. I think we could do better and close on some guys. But I like the effort, especially from our standpoint. We was kind of just, uh, not me. I knew these guys had a plan. <laughs> they were going to um, empty the clip. But a lot of people thought these guys were just going to grab some G5 guys and get whatever they can. But they grabbed mm-hmm. some stuff, man. So I'm impressed. Yeah, no, I think when you talk holistically about the class, you add in, you know, Jalen Kimber, um, Montreal Johnson, Osiris Torrance, uh, obviously three big names, um, you know, two guys that are very familiar with Billy Napier uh, and his staff, you know, the former potential starter before he gets injured uh, at the University of Georgia and and Jalen Kimber. And then you add in, you know, Cameron Waits, uh, who's a guy that, you know, a lot of of people speak very highly about um, as a transfer. And then uh, Jack Miller, uh, as well, um, you know, from Ohio State, you had some some depth and some key positions, and you know, Florida needed some help on the offensive line. You add in Torrance, you add in Waits, you you know, add in Christian Williams, you add in you keep uh, Jalen Farmer, 
you know, from Alabama. So, you know, I thought that they shored up some things on the offensive uh, offensive line. Um, you know, I, I know a lot of people were, were hyped up about Trevante Citizen, and I think that he's a, a good running back. I think that he's potentially a, a great running back. Uh, but, you know, I, I don't want to uh, slight Trevor Etienne. I think that he's a, a very good uh, running back as well. Um, I think that he's going to be able to, to be very productive at the University of Florida. But again, like you guys said, Kamari Wilson, you know, Chris McClellan, you know, highly ranked guys. You add in Shamar James, who's a highly ranked guy. You know, you keep Jamari Lyons. You add a guy like Caleb Douglas. You know, I think the I think the staff did pretty well. Um, you know, Jack Pyburn uh, is a guy that that a lot of people say is is underrated, um, which I thought was odd that that one person said it despite his company uh, having him ranked pretty low. Uh, but but all in all, um, I thought the class is is fine for a transition class. Um, I, I you know you missed on a few. It's going to happen. Um, I know that they went out of state. Uh, a lot, uh, you know, Nick, looking at the on three rankings, the average distance from Gainesville was almost 600 miles. So I know that that's something that Billy Napier and his staff said that they were going to do a, a better job of locking down the state of Florida uh, next year. But, you know, we only have, you know, a couple weeks before early national signing day and then, you know, five or six additional weeks after that to, to get a class. You know, I thought that they did pretty well. Uh, you know, next year I think is going to be a, you know, a, a better indication of, of what you see from a recruiting perspective. But, you know, like what some, do you want to see next year? What do, you, what do you want to see this cycle? What, what, are, you, what are your eyes on? I, I think that they need to go after an elite quarterback. I think that that's Bingo. something that they absolutely need. Uh, there's a lot of talent in Florida at the wide receiver position and at the running back position for next year, too. Uh, I think Florida really needs to, to land, you know, a couple five stars next year. I think anything less than two. Um, right. is is probably not sustainable. Um, you really need to be at that 3-4 range. Uh, you just saw Texas A&M get seven. Um, so, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna say the bare minimum has to be two five-stars uh, in a class that's, you know, ranked in the top, you know, three or, or top four in the SEC uh, to be able to, to continue to be competitive. Um, obviously, you can add in some transfers, but you really need to make sure that you get those guys that are, are young and, and ready to be developed as well. Yeah, I like I like that we uh did we worked our relationship towards the end of this cycle. But I don't want to camp out in Louisiana because those kids just love LSU. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's a tough one to even though Matthew surprised me with the A and M pick, um, but normally it's it's not something you could just bank on. If those guys are leaving Louisiana, it's just pretty much a a, a hat trick for real, for real. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to see us camp out in Florida, but quarterback, I thought the Nick Evers, letting Nick Evers walk pretty much. I think we could have did more to keep him. Mm-hmm. I'm not mad at Billy for letting him go, um, but I do want to see him bring an elite quarterback this cycle. Um, they after the, the Peyton kid or, or the Manning kid, I'm sorry. Yeah, Arch. Um, not that huge on him, but isn't mm-hmm. he? he got a lot of stars, so they <laughs> land him, I'm not going to complain. Um, but I want to see what they do at the quarterback position for sure. I also, I'm watching Kerry Cobra at wide receiver. Um, DJ Allen is a kid I wanted out of Texas. Uh, mm-hmm. We did get we did get my man the, the kid from the um, uh, Caleb Swartz, Douglas. Caleb Douglas, who I mm-hmm. do like as a prospect, but I wanted DJ Allen. We missed on that TCU. Mm-hmm. Uh, end up getting him in that. So I'm watching Kerry Colbert as well as a recruiter. I said when we first hired him that if anybody on the staff had had some some recruiting questions, it was probably him recruiting out there with Helton. So I'm, I'm gonna watch him closely this cycle with all the elite receivers we have in state. I Nick, have my eye on him, Nick. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> hey, listen, I don't think Florida's going to land Arch Manning, um, but mm-hmm. I'm all for going. Like I said, you, they're going to go that. after. You're going to go after the big guys. So that's if that's the number one quarterback 
in the country, go after him. You know, um, I, it's not, you know, some people say, oh, you're wasting time. Well, you're not wasting time. Uh, mm -hmm. If the number one quarterback is showing any kind of interest or giving you any inclination that he's interested in your school, you show him love. Um, mm -hmm. I think Florida needs you but have you to don't work it out too. Like work it out when like, oh they're not really going after the big guys. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean that was the um, the word about Dan Mullen, right? Is that right, there was yeah. you know guys that they saw and they like maybe it was an uphill battle, but you know there's still an opportunity to win an uphill battle. It happens all the time. Mm -hmm. I think you have to you know piggybacking on some of the things you said. You have to get a a top ten class. Um, mm -hmm. Next year and, and top 10 might not seven, man. Seven. Top 10 might not be good enough. I mean, you could seven. be, you could be wow. 10 and be fifth in the conference, you know, right. um, you're going to have yeah, to that start top beating. 10 stuff. Don't slap them more. I think for us to, mm -hmm. to close the gap with, with Georgia Bama, you got to start ruffling some feathers and landing some yeah. big shit and getting top five. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm being nice I mean, for seven, but top five is when you, you, you got to do what Jimbo doing mm -hmm. to, to get some hedgeway, bro, to, to make some difference. Other than that, I mean, we just we just stand afloat at ten. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I mean, twenty twenty two on three, number one A and M, two Alabama, three Georgia. So like, right. those are two teams that are on your schedule next year. Mm -hmm. um, you go back a year, and it's Alabama, Georgia. You know, mm -hmm. a year before that, LSU was five and twenty one. Um, go back to twenty twenty, and it's. Alabama, Georgia, and it's, you know, uh, LSU at four, like, the, you know, Texas A&M at six. Like, you have to go out um, and, and compete with those teams. So, yeah, like Silk said, it's uh, – it, top ten doesn't slap anymore. It doesn't slap the way it used to. So, no, no, um, no. you're going to have to start winning. Like I said, you're going to have to start winning some of those battles with Georgia and A&M. Um, but I think the emphasis – and Billy said it. I think the emphasis has to be on – um, kind of locking down the state of Florida. I don't know. If it, it, I mean, this isn't 1980 anymore. It's not going to be the same as, you know, when Howard Schnellenberger was leaving pipes at kids' houses, so he'd have to, you know, have an excuse to go back in and talk to him again. Um, you're not going to be able to lock down a place like he did, you know, in South Florida, but you need to start keeping some of this talent um, from Orlando, from Tampa, Dade, Broward, Palm Beach, start landing some of those kids and, and getting them to Gainesville. Yeah, if you look at the on three rankings, which we'll do because of you, Nick, Florida is 11th in the SEC uh, for recruiting this year. Um, you know, that doesn't include Arliss Borningham, which I think if they do get him, um, they will jump up to maybe eight or nine. Um, I'd have to double check if what what his what his rankings would do, but you know, right now I know that the Florida staff feels pretty confident in being able to get him, so that does you know increase and move it up a little bit. But again, you know, like Corey, like Nick said, you know, this is you're you're battling teams that are finishing one, two, three, four, and five, uh, you know, year in and year out. Um, it's going to take a while. You got to play the transfer portal, but you also have to make sure that you're locking down these kids out of high school too. So. Um, again, not a bad class. I do want to go through some of these prospects and get uh, some of y'all's takes. But, but again, you know, for next year with the army that he has built uh, at the University of Florida, and you know, with the staff of you know Sean Spencer and, and Corey Raymond and Patrick Tony, um, you know, and some of these guys that are, are known to be you know elite recruiters, this is the time to to really show what uh, what you're made of. Oh. But you're, you're putting the money down, so. 
put put it to use. You know, you, you're you're spending on this staff. You're spending on these damn pilots. Hopefully, they're drinking five hour energy, staying awake, flying all over the country. Um, you know, uh, maybe use the helicopter more next year instead instead of the jet. You know, you can take I've a seen, helicopter from Gainesville, uh, Tampa. I've seen some some lightly mentions of, of some NIL. What 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 was happening NIL wise with uh, some of the guys that we landed? I've seen Torrance land had something. Yeah, the there's there's a, there's a couple things um, that are are in the works uh, right now from some NIL deals. Um, I know Kamari Wilson uh, is working on some things right now and, and getting ramped up. I know Osiris Torrance uh, is getting ramped up himself. Um, I know that Devin Moore. Uh, is uh, is close to be getting some some nil uh, things as well. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if if Chris McClellan isn't isn't far after. Um, I do know uh, that um, one player did return. Um, I don't know if I'm at liberty to say you know his name just yet. I'll, I'll ask, but uh, we can talk about it next week. But I know uh, one player that was was looking at the draft uh, did decide to come back because of some NIL money um, that uh, will allow him to 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 make staying a you know uh, hopefully more you know hopefully a better situation for him financially, but also give him the chance to to put some more film on tape and hopefully raise his draft grade. Um, and I know that they were trying to do that with uh, with another player that did leave early. It just uh, the, the prospect of going to the NFL was um, oh, was too high. So um, I know that there's a lot of money that is, that's flowing around. Um, I know the Gator Collective is is really starting to ramp up their their dollars. I know that there's a lot of other NIL things in the works as well. Uh, you know, some that will be announced soon. But uh, you're starting to see more players with some you know actual you know four or five um, you know and maybe higher deals uh, being signed off uh, right now. How how does that process work to mm. the best of your knowledge? Yeah, no, that's a great question. And and there's probably uh, some people that can speak better, uh, but you're not allowed to offer NIL deals to any high school player um, until they are signed. They cannot go into any negotiation, you know, with any NIL organization. Now, am I saying that those conversations don't happen and that there's not potentially deals in the back end? I, I, I can't say that. I'd be ignorant to say that that doesn't happen. But until a player is signed and has signed his NLI with the school that he was at, then they can start to engage in conversation. So obviously there's different caliber of players that are probably asking for different you know sums of money. Uh, but the second they sign that deal uh, and they come on campus is when they can start to uh, receive NIL money. Sounds like a lot of um, hypothetical conversations happen. I And I think that that's, you know, part of it too, right? And I think that hypotheticals can be um, mis misguided in terms of what people are promised. Um, there's a lot of things that are throwing being thrown around money wise. And, and Corey, I think that you probably know this as well. Um, there's a lot of hypothetical dollars that are being thrown out there from schools. There's a lot of deals that are potentially being lined up. Be, be weary of some of those dollar amounts. I don't think that they're as high as you think that they are. Um, I don't think the money is flowing the same way people on the internet say it is. Um, but there is a lot of hypotheticals. There is a lot of, this is what we can do. This is what we've been able to do in the past, but certainly can't sign anything on a dotted line or really offer anything until that player uh, is signed. Yeah, those are the rules on paper. Uh, yeah. it's, it's, those kids can't really partake in, and a lot of a lot of this, these numbers supposedly can't be used in recruiting. But mm -hmm. 
I could tell you for certain they are being used. Uh, yeah, most definitely. Uh, and then we'll see how it all materializes because uh, unlike the bad days where you could promise things, get kids get on campus mm-hmm. and you kind of got them. Now you got to deliver on those promises or the right. kid can jump in the portal like right away. And then the word gets out uh, a little, little openly, um, not like it did in the bad days. Yeah, no. So you make a great point. Um, you know, I, I think what you're seeing schools do is start to partner with organizations that are NIL uh, organizations. Now, mind you, um, there are probably some shady organizations that are out there. Uh, there does have to be a purpose behind the NIL money. Now that purpose can be very, very, very loosely defined, but you can't just give money to a player. You have to get something in return. Now that could be one tweet, but also it does have to follow some guidelines about what the value of that is. So there are some pretty strict rules that most states have about NIL. Now, I will say that that's why I think you're seeing a more concerted effort from the the Napier staff on partnerships and announcing some of these things. I think that that's why you saw, you know, the addition of, you know, Marcus Castro Walker, uh, that's going to oversee a lot of NIL for the university of Florida football team. I think that that's why you saw some additions to the Gator made, uh, or the creation of Gator made, uh, with Savannah Bailey, but also some additions to what that staff's going to look like too, to add, I think some increased legitimacy, but also to understand what kind of dollars are we dealing with? Right. Um, you know, we can talk, in hypotheticals that X organization has X dollars, but until we really sit down and get on the same page and then be able to create a plan about what and how those dollars can be used is when you really start to see the fruits of, you know, that labor. And I think that you're going to start to see a lot more of that from the university of Florida. And I think that there's a very concerted effort um, by Billy Napier and by the staff to make sure that NIL does become a very important thing. And I think that you're going to start to see a lot more of that. I know that there was a big booster um, gathering after National Signing Day uh, for boosters where they openly talked about NIL. I know that Billy Napier has been on the Paul Feinbaum show and a number of other shows talking about NIL. So I think you're going to see a lot more of it, whereas the old staff just didn't seem to, to grasp it nearly as much. No doubt, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah, I just love the activity of, of, of what's going on in NIL. Um, should be year one was was pretty eventful. Um, I think this thing will get crunk up a little bit. Now everybody has an eye on how this, this works um, and, and, and how it fits with college football. I think this year is going to be a lot more organized mm-hmm. and, and, and a lot more strategic. Uh, so it should be a fun year, man. Yeah, no, yeah it really seems like Billy, like you said, Dan, is – he gets it um, and, and, you know, embraces it. I think you have to, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you, you can choose to say that this isn't the same college football that you grew up watching or that college football has changed or it's pay for play and all of this other stuff. But I mean, this is a reality and the reality is only going to become more in line with favoring the players over colleges. I don't see these rules getting tightened other mm-hmm. than maybe just some, uh, some stipulation about some of these things, but I, I think that you're going to see a lot more money flowing that way. Um, I mean, you know, if, it, if I'm the coach, right, I just take the pressure off of me and put it on to, 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 to the boosters and the brands around these programs. Like, yo, like it's only so much recruiting I can do. We need partnerships with programs to be able to land these recruits in business, not just uh, we got a good education program. So if I'm the head coach, yeah, I use it. That's why I didn't get white Dan and use it, bro. I would mm-hmm. took the pressure off of me. Like, Hey, I'm trying my yeah. hardest to recruit these kids, man. Can y'all help us out? 
yeah. uh, with some NIL. Um, help us, help us a little bit. Um, so I think Billy's smart by just alleviating the pressure a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's the biggest thing that that he can do, and I think, like I said, you have to. You know, everybody else that that's winning is doing it, so you've right. got to embrace it, and you've got to figure out how to use your channels to be able to do it. Now, I still think my biggest question is, you know, how do you balance, you know, NIL versus donations to the university and to the athletic department? Um, you know, obviously, one is, I believe, tax deductible, uh, whereas the other is not. Um, so, you know, there, there's a lot of differences on um, or there's a there's a lot of balance between saying, hey, you know, our university still needs money. Our athletic department needs money. We need to build buildings, but also we need to build a football team. that will be able to compete, um, not just football, basketball, baseball, softball, volleyball, gymnastics. So. Yeah. Um, another another, I guess, smaller NIL deal today, um, Florida had put in um I guess like the framework for any athlete to um, join or sign up with the school and, and get uh, royalties for merchandise that featured their name. Um, Florida took it a step further today and, and launched um, this. I think today's was just football specific, but uh, a Jersey system where <laughs> if you know uh, you are a huge fan of Trey Dean, and you wanted a trading jersey, you can get that through Fanatics, and trading will get a percentage. It wasn't released what the percentage is, but we'll get a percentage of the money you spent on that jersey. Um, and you'll be able to get you know, a, a Gervon Dexter and Anthony Richardson, um, any jersey, and those guys will get uh, money for that. So that was announced by Florida Today. Uh, and that's just another piece, you know, another piece of it. Hmm. What um are your Jeremy Crawshaw jerseys? I can see you buying actually actually Jeremy Crawshaw cannot. Oh, because he's Australian. Devastating, yeah, because I think he's here on a student visa. Mm. Um, so he cannot benefit. I mean, like, listen, Outback would have had to have had to have signed Jeremy Crawshaw, but I mean I can see um, it. Him the fosters and outback. The the uh, boom. I mean um, but yeah, on a student visa, so un- ineligible to uh, benefit from name, image, and likeness. But yeah, uh, the other guys, you know, Trey Smack, special teams. What do we don't know? Like how much money gets given back to the student athletes? Yeah, right? I don't, we don't know what percentage that is. I would imagine it's quite low. Probably. Hmm. Well, here's a here's a hypothetical for you guys. If you could have gotten any Gator jersey for for a player, past or present, who are a couple of the, of, of the names that you would have gotten? Uh, growing up, so Florida never did. Florida really never did that. I think the most atrocious thing they did was like from 15 to 19, they only sold the jersey for like the year number. So like in 2016, they sold number 16 hmm. in, in the in like the bookstore. Um, Florida never sold player specific numbers until Rex Grossman, when he finished second in the Heisman, they started selling number eight jerseys. I remember that was the first time, huh? I remember to my knowledge and someone listening can correct us. um, But uh, I remember getting an eight Jersey um, the year Rex finished second in the Heisman. And uh, I had, I think I still have the, a Tim Tebow pro combat Jersey. The one with like the, not the, 
It was where they wore it for his senior day with like the white stitching on the shoulders. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I probably have that somewhere, somewhere in the house or my parents' house. Hmm. Uh, so I had an eight and I had a 15 and then a, a bunch of number ones. So what do you think? Ones that, all over here. You think that they're going to do like the, like the pro combat or the air vapor or whatever jerseys they have to. They don't have those anymore. No, I no, I know. But like when they do, like for instance, if you wanted those beautiful, oh, for green sure, jerseys, yeah, because yeah. yeah, so they're doing it through Fanatics, and Fanatics sells everything that. Is that new green joints? No, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. Silk, you interested? No, no, no. I was about to say they'd be wasting fabric printing them up. <laughs> You're wasting Until those dyes. black jerseys come up. Ooh, hot topic. Um, so no. if you could have gotten any player, Nick, think about your answer. I think Rex, Rex, Rex would have been mine. You know, if I could have just okay. had the Grossman on the number eight jersey that I already had. Okay. So if you could have gotten any, uh, player past or present jersey. I mean, it definitely would have been Fred, um, yeah. 21 jersey. Definitely. I like that. I feel like the, the obvious answer for me is Deontay Thompson, um, just try to get a, a, a D Thompson D. on the Thompson. back. I, I see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. see. Oh, yeah. Um, you can lie in midtown with that one on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I think there would be a lot of confusion. Is that the real D Thompson or not? I can right. see it. You got your student ID and then you got D Thompson on the back. You're good to go, baby. That's right. I never thought about it that way. You, you can't lie. You're right. You can, I can say this is customized or D yeah, yeah, Thompson. Who knows? I tan on Fridays. <laughs> oh, that's nuts. Um who's, who's believing that someone on the football team is wearing their jersey to balls? Right. Seen crazier things, Nick. That's true. Go ahead. Especially at balls of all places. I digress. I digress. Um, I want to get into the recruiting class a little bit more. Before we do that, let's give a shout out to our friends over at Home Field Apparel. Use promo code uh stadium and gale, all one word. Uh get 15% off of your order. Uh, they just dropped some new lines. I know Cincinnati was last week. I know South Carolina was this week. Uh, they're going to continue to do that. They're going to continue to put out new products uh, for the University of Florida as well. So visit them at homefieldapparel.com. Use promo code StadiumAngale, 15% off. Let's close out uh, recruiting a little bit here. Um, Nick, who are a couple of the names that, that you're excited about? Uh, and then maybe give me one name that uh, maybe people aren't talking about that you're uh, you're excited to see. For – for the recruiting class, include you can include transfers in there if you want. Yeah, um, I, I'm definitely going to include transfers. I'm interested. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm interested in. Let me. I'm looking at. My, I'm looking at my, all, looking at all of them right now. I'm interested in five: Kamari Wilson, um, Montrell Johnson, Osiris Torrance, mm-hmm. Jack Pyburn, and mm-hmm. let's go with. Trevor Etienne. Two is running it, backs and some linemen. Is it Etienne or Etienne? Who knows? Et, oh, Etienne. 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 Yeah. All right. y'all, like, I shouldn't be the guy that pronounced things right on this show, but. <laughs> yeah. Especially when his brother's a former first-round draft pick. I understand that he got lost in Jacksonville, but still. Yeah, yeah. It's, Relax, uh, man. In that, waste, in that wasteland, in that wasteland of Jacksonville. I'm not going to defend Jacksonville on here. That's what y'all think about that. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> New Super Bowl uh, winning Give you an opportunity. Uh, coach. Um, so, who are you most excited about? 
Uh, gotta be Kamari Wilson, man. I haven't seen good safety play in so long, bro. Like, just just, just looking for somebody to erase some things uh, to cause some havoc. A lot of collisions. So definitely Kamari Wilson. Um, um I like both of the, the the offensive linemen that came from Louisiana in the transfer portal with uh, mm. Torrance and and, and my guy Waits. I'm interested to see both of those guys join and blend in what we already have with Brian and and Ethan and those guys. I think we can get us a solid offensive line to lean on some things. So those those three right there. Um yeah, my man, uh the the what's the what's the linebacker? What's my man name? Forgetting his name. Uh, Shamar James. Shamar James. Um, mm-hmm. Also linebacker. We haven't it's been a while since we had linebackers to fill gaps and, and, and get into some ignorant shit. So I'm excited to see Shamar James as well. Yeah, no, I would agree. Um, you guys have have hit a lot of the uh, the big names. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about him. Jalen Farmer, I know, is a guy that a lot of people think is underrated. Um, you know, grabbed uh, you know an Alabama offer. I uh, was being looked at by some uh, some pretty big schools. Um, you know, a, a guy that committed to the University of Florida a long time ago. Um, you know, under John Hevesy and Dan Mullen and. You know, I think a lot of people kind of wrote him off because, you know, as a three-star project, but you start to see that offer list and you start to see, you know, some of the big guys coming in and, and all of a sudden it becomes a little more justified. I'm excited to see him. I think he's got a good frame. I think that he's going to be a guy that, that does contribute uh, here. And I think that he does quite well. Um, it's nice to see them building, you know, back the trenches with some good size. Um, you know, they absolutely needed to go into the, uh, to the portal and grab some offensive linemen. They did that. They needed to grab another cornerback. I'm high on Jalen Kimber. Uh, but, um, you know, the rest of the class, I, I, I think that you have some, some solid players. Um, you know, I'm interested to see what Jack Pyburn does. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a guy that plays with a ton of intensity, a, a ton of energy. Um, I mean, looks like a WWE wrestler when he's out there after he makes tackles. Um, you know, so hopefully the 904 can deliver uh, for us. Um, I do want to get <laughs> like they always do. Big fan. I like that snicker, Nick. That was a nice little snicker you did right there, man. Um, I know um, Connor Clark, who uh, who who's our recruiting guy on the show, is very big on Miguel Mitchell too. Um, I think Harrison is too in our group chat. We were talking about it. Um, so I'm excited to see what he can do. And then I guess finally we've, we've gone through a lot of names here, but you know, Max Brown is a guy, um, you know, wasn't, you know, super highly recruited, was committed to central Michigan, uh, ends up, uh, you know, signing with the university of Florida, highly productive guy, uh, but just very interested to see how, you know, those skills transfer over to the college ball or a college game. Uh, I think he had 41 touchdowns and only four interceptions uh, this past year, you know, so we'll be definitely interested to see, you know, how he does and and what he does and, you know, how he contributes to the university of Florida, but, you know, the Gators needed a quarterback and they, they passed on, uh, on Nick Evers and, you know, they, they grabbed Max Brown. So they need some help in the quarterback room for the future. So uh, I guess we'll see how he, uh, how he pans out, but I am interested to see uh, what he does. Uh, at the University of Florida as well. Let's... Already. Um, I'm excited for spring football and spring lives now at this point. Uh, are we done what, what do you have? Time? What kind of lies do you have cooking right now? It's early. So, so I mean, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, not having, I'm not expecting you to have them fully fleshed I'm not, out. I'm not really gonna lie this spring. I think I just I just want to watch things play out, man. I must. I want to see uh, depth chart battles. Uh, I want to see real competition. 
hopefully some of this, a lot of this is open. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited. Hopefully we can pull up to some practices and check some stuff out. No, it's not open. Uh, I would, I would be surprised. Yeah. I don't like that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at least some open scrimmages. I think, I think some of this got to be open. What are you crazy? <laughs> I just told you, no, I'm not probably crazy. not going to have a regular open practice. And you're like, all right, well, then the scrimmage will be open. No. Yeah. Yeah. That's no. what I want. Um, We need some transparency around here, bro. But I, I, I just want to watch it. it. I, I just want to watch it. I want to watch it unfold. I want to just see what, what happens competition wise, who get bigger, stronger, um, who, who buys in. I want to watch the tweets and see who start tweeting vague stuff about maybe transferring. And you get some Bible some verse season. Your Bible verse season is on the mm. horizon, Nick. Um, so I'm just watching. I just want to watch it all play out. I don't have to lie for none of these coaches. I don't have to. I'm a fan, so I just let it do what it do. I like the way they finished this this cycle. We didn't land everybody, unfortunately, but I like the way they they, they attacked it. Um, I like the staff he's built. Now we just wait and see. We see what the 23 class look like. We got some five stars in the state. The state is loaded with a lot of talent. So we see what ha- we see what's up. That's what I'm Yeah, I'm ex- I'm excited to see um you know, how this team transitions to a you know to a different offense, uh you know to a completely different coaching staff. Uh, there's no holdovers, right? So um you know new coaching, new teaching, new technique. Um, you know, which, which is going to be good. And, you know, you're going to have some casualties because of it, uh, you know, but uh, you know, it's, it's a, a staff that's very, very highly rated, um, you know, at a lot of positions um, off the field positions as well. Um, you know, they got, they got their tires pumped quite a bit this off season about how good they are. So now, you know, it's a matter of putting that into action and seeing how that translates onto the football field. Um, Florida has a lot of great athletes, a lot of great players, uh, on their roster. So, you know, now it's a, you know, opportunity for you to you know, see, see what you have. I mean, there, there's not a lot of time, you know, at UF to, to, to sit around and have a wasted year or two and they got a tough schedule. So they're going to have to put their uh, money where their mouth is pretty quickly. Yeah. I'm here for it, man. Fun off season on the horizon. When is junior day? Do we have that date penciled in yet? I don't think so. Nick might know, but no. I don't know. No, um, okay. I, I don't know. Um, I know we're starting to see a flood of offers start to come out there. Uh, a lot of 2013 guys or 2023 guys, pardon me, uh, being visited, maybe not visited, maybe just talked to. Uh, I don't know what the rules are, so I probably misspoke. They're being talked to. Um, so I think we're going to start to see, um, you know, a lot more offers. Um, but there's a lot of highly ranked guys that are are getting uh, getting offered and talked to. So that's uh, so you want to hear. If you want to know more, just go visit uh, Corey Bender and Nick and the rest of the team over at On3. Pump that, Dan. There it is. Uh, let's see. Trying to think if there's anything else uh, when it comes to Gators football. Obviously, like I said, you're still waiting on Arliss Boardingham, who has announced that he's going to announce on Wednesday at 6.30 Eastern time. What's the so, vibes on him, Nick? What are you hearing? Um, Corey's feeling good about him. Corey says he feels good about him. Um, it's, I mean, but it's another West Coast kid, you know. Um, so do I feel good about it? No. Um, did think it was a little weird to push the push the date back, you know, almost a full week, um, or a full week. Um, I don't know how much 
you know, obviously if you get him, it'll bump you up in the recruiting rankings, but I don't know how much I think he's a make or break for the class, to be honest. Mm -hmm. I don't think he's a make or break, but I want to, I want these guys to land who they go after. Um, they want them, so I want to see if they can land them or not. Um, they they spent some time and, and money into trying to land him, so he he decides Wednesday. So I'll, I will see. No so spins, we, man. They get who they get. No they spin. don't, don't, No spins, bro. It is what it is. Yeah, this is the uh, the no spin zone for now. Um, let's see. I think that that kind of ends where we're at. Uh, I do want to give a shout out to uh, the Gators announced a few scholar athletes of the week. So shout out to Antoine Powell, Chris McClellan, and Trent Whittemore. And then here is a good NIL opportunity, and I want to pull this up for Nutrition Athletes of the Week. What is that? Fat what, check from what, what Gatorade the, for that. What is Nutrition Athlete of the Week? Does that mean they, they, they got fed every day this week? <laughs> no Jamaican um, bacon? <laughs> it's definitely the Jamaican bacon. Um, I, I think it's – I think it's like they have certain hydration goals, certain um, weight goals and, and things like that. Checking in, making sure you're at breakfast every morning, which they're supposed to be doing now um, as a team. So I think it's like that. Um, like it's I, I, I don't know. It, it, it seems kind of gimmicky to me. Go Demi ahead. If the, if the kids like it, go ahead. Demetrius Harvey from Sports Illustrated said that athlete of the week is given to guys hitting their weight goals, showing progress, or sticking to a plan. It's chosen by nutritionist Kelsey Gomes. Is it Gomez or Gomes? Um, of whoever she thought it was the rock star of the week. So Anthony Richardson, no Osiris Torrance, and Lorenzo Lingard. So shout out to them and – who knows? We'll see it every week. Accountability is yes. Seems a little gimmicky. Go ahead, do what no, you no, do. I like. I like. I don't, I don't even care if it's annoying. It's like seems petty, right? I just want to know that there is a program and, and they're like holding them a some type of accountability. Um, it seems like the smallest things, bro. But um, I like it. I think after everything we saw at the end of last season with nutrition that anything on the nutrition front is a positive. They just acknowledge every little thing about this program. So I don't know why anybody would be annoyed at this point. If they're going to announce every hire, including the janitor at this point, you got to know they're going to award every little thing as well. Um, but they also hold every little thing accountable. If they mm -hmm. award every little thing, I mean, they also hold every little thing accountable. So I think, it's yeah. Dope. And you know that the kids like it and the kids want it and, um, you know, I'm excited to see it, and, and who knows? It's not going to stop, so you're going to continue to see the, the Scholar Athletes of the Week. You're going to continue to see uh, the Nutrition uh, Star Winners of the Week and, and so on and so forth, and who knows? You'll probably see even more, and you can think it's small. You can think it's petty, but I'm sure it means a lot to these kids, and, um, you know, that's what it's about. So, um, so there we are. So ultimately, uh, you know, a lot of good stuff. We've, we've got uh, a couple more phases of the Billy Napier plan announced uh, are coming up here over the next couple of weeks and couple of months. So we'll see some more press conferences. We'll see a, a lot more reporting. And then obviously with spring football practice coming up, there's gonna be a lot of lies that, uh, that come out that we're ready to, uh, to hype up and pump the tires of. Uh, but before we do that, let's give a shout out um, 
to uh, to another sponsor of, of our show, Game Time Sidekicks. Uh, visit them, GameTimeSidekicks.com. Use promo code STADIUM, uh, 10% off, uh, best vacuum-sealed cups that are out on the market. Uh, you can get them for over 350 schools. You can get them for uh, players in the uh, NFL players. You can get them in golf. You can get them in all sorts of uh, activities and all different Shapes, sizes, colors. Uh, we've got some Stadium and Gale stuff on there. I know that they're looking to be doing some more NIL things as well. So take a look out at GameTimeSidekicks.com. Use promo code STADIUM and get 10% off your order. And with that, we are bringing Jenny Rowland back on to Stadium and Gale uh, for the second time. It is an absolute pleasure, Jenny, to have you uh, joining us again. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us again. Uh, if you don't know, and you should, uh, the Gators are currently ranked number four in women's gymnastics. They're in the nation with a team slam this season, which is a 10 in every event. Uh, Trinity Thomas has had 10s in the vault, beam, and floor. Naya Reed has had a 10 on the floor, and Leanne Wong has had a 10 on the bars. And they are meeting LSU this weekend on Friday. So make sure you check it out as the nation's top meet. So Jenny, a lot of excitement around uh, women's gymnastics this year at the University of Florida. You guys have done outstanding coming off a big run over Missouri this past weekend. So how's the team feeling? How's the uh, season going for you guys so far? Wow. Well, who can't be excited about all the buzz going around campus right now with football, men's basketball, women's basketball. And uh, we're just so uh, extremely grateful and excited to be in that mix. Um, gosh, every home meet we've had a sellout and we're hoping for another one this coming Friday, over 9,000 of our best friends in the Odom. So uh, really excited for uh, a really um, great night of gymnastics this upcoming Friday. It's uh, being a member of the media. I can get in with a credential, but my, my girlfriend um, who I live with, she was a, a competitive gymnast growing up. Um, she wants to go. And now it's, it's, it's getting hard to get a ticket, Jenny. It is, but uh I may be able to hook you up if you need a ticket. Okay. So. Oh. okay. We, we're I trying know to know somebody, Nick. Jenny the plug. <laughs> she, might, she might know somebody who can get you a ticket. That's right. Um, but, but, yeah, we're planning on going Friday uh, for awesome. the meet. Um, we've been watching um, on TV, and, and she loves it. And uh, she's a big Trinity fan and, and um, Skaggs. And, and uh, I'm learning gymnastics through her. So man, you fun. know, you know, everything because Skaggs, her, her first name is Megan, but Megan. nobody calls her Megan. It's, it's yeah. Skaggs. And uh, yeah, you you're a, a faithful follower. Well, I, I loved all the stuff she's doing um, with with her charity and, and with the bows. So I think that's kind of what what drew me into her and, and all the stuff she's doing to, to help people. So um, there's a lot of good stories uh, on the team, I'm sure. Most definitely. And just an amazing team, a, a team of amazing women uh, mm. in general. I mean, super uber talented credentials like crazy um, and uh, the kindest, generous, most big hearted uh, young women that you'll ever meet. And I think that shows out on the competition floor. Now, um, is it because of COVID? We, we, we talk about it a lot with football, but it, there's a lot of older rosters across the country, um, yours included, um, getting, you know, Skaggs back for, for another year. How, how has, I guess, a COVID year or getting an older roster, how has that kind of changed the landscape and how has it changed and molded your team? 
really, it's it's wonderful. Uh, we have both of our seniors who are now fifth years. Uh, they remained on the team. Um, so we have, you know, gained that additional leadership and expertise and, um, you know, just mentorship on the team. Um, I think across the country in all sports, you will see and recognize uh, a, a little bit older rosters across the across the table and uh, gymnastics by no means it's it's no different and really has just elevated the game across the country. Um, what I would say is probably the most exciting uh, year of NCAA gymnastics highest level. We've got Olympians that have joined the NCAA and then we have all of those seniors staying for one more year or a lot of those seniors staying for one more year. Uh, just super grateful uh, that these two young women, Skaggs and Alyssa Bauman, chose to stay one more year with the Gators and endure, you know, a preseason, a competition season. And um, we're just uh, really grateful to uh, have that opportunity to continue to have one more year with them. How do you keep the team focused on 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 the road to nationals and not on the ranking? Um taking it one day at a time. And we really talk about being present. Um, I have a, <laughs> a team filled with very competitive athletes and everybody wants to compete and everybody wants to make a lineup. Uh, so it makes for uh, fun days uh, in the, in the training gym. Um, it's good, healthy competition, but it's, you know, great to see them just kind of raise that bar, you know, a little bit every day. As a coach, what what is that like then? You have so so much talent just creating your lineup and 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 who's going to get to go out and compete. It it's not easy, and that's the part that is is really challenging and and really just uh, first and foremost being mindful of uh, the athlete's health and well being. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we we have a the largest roster that we've ever had, so we have the ability to rest. You know, some of our top players here and the and there, where when they may have been competing all around a, a little bit more often, you know, in years past. Um, but um, we've had a lot of players step up and um, you know fill those spots and. Uh, do a great job. It's it's a commitment that we've talked a lot about as a team of, you know, trying to get and allowing everybody to be ready when your name's called and uh, have that opportunity to compete in NCAA gymnastics and, you know, compete for the Gators. It's a really, it's a big deal. Are we going to see a double-twisting vault? Are we going to see a double twisting vault? That's a question that I got from a fan. A double twisting vault. Um, I do not think you will see a double twisting vault from the Gators this year. Hmm. Why In is the future, that? Hmm, I, I, we shall see. I obviously know. I obviously know what a double twisted vault is, but for those that don't, what <laughs> that, is a of course, you know, vault? Dan, why don't you explain to us? <laughs> Jenny can sit back and you, you explain to us. Not, no, I, I, we have an ex, we have an expert. You know, I'll, I'll say. Here, here's. I think most everybody knows who Trinity Thomas Thomas is, and if you haven't, Google her, look her up, and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Trinity does a one and a half vault. 
Naya Reed does a one and a half fault. So you got to add, you know, an extra half twist, which will be facing back to the uh, vaulting table. And that um, would you'd be executing a double twist. Dan's next question. Now, I obviously know what a vault is, but for the people who don't. <laughs> There's <laughs> for four events yeah. Yeah. for no, women's I'm... gymnastics. <laughs> um, I had a... Go ahead, Dan. No, I was going to, I wanted to to go back because this is, you know, something that, that really, um, you know, I, I you know, took over social media for the weekend, you know, was broadcast on ABC. Uh, you know, a lot of people switched over to uh, the matchup against Alabama. Um, the Trinity Thomas and Nia Reed ended the meet, I believe on, on two consecutive tens. What was that like? What did, what was the, um, I guess, fervor around the team, I guess, before the first 10 and then, you know, after the first 10, you know, knowing that that was really the only way to, to win the, uh, to win the meet. Well, first and foremost, we know that we're not in control of the scores and those athletes, the only thing we have control of is the performance that they are doing at that time. Um, we've all known that both of them are very capable of getting a 10 and uh, it was really funny because I didn't know until after the competition that both of them had been discussing this for years now. And they're like, tonight's the night. I feel it. Um, we're going to go back to back tens. Let's do it. And uh, as soon as Naya did, uh, she was the first one to get a 10. Right before Trinity went up, she looked at her and she's like, all right, it's your turn. Let's do it. And um Needless to say, it made for great TV and, um, you know, a, a great ending for the Gators. That's got to be like the the gymnastics equivalent of like a, a, a walk-off home run in baseball or something. Most definitely. Never, never in my career has that ever happened. Um, it really, I've never been in the O-Dome with it being so loud and so energetic. And it was the second time in school history, if I'm not it, mistaken. It, it was. It was before I got there. Yeah. Right. Yes. I think Bridget Sloan and Keetra Hunter were uh, the other two athletes. Um, but really just an exhilarating uh, and electrifying evening in the Dome. How much How much do you guys feed off of that? Um, I mean, there's so much of of what, you, of what the gymnasts, what the, what the women are doing that is – you have to be laser focused and it's really skill based. And, and, but how much are you feeding off of or just trying to maybe even tune it out when you're, you know, getting ready for a floor routine or when you're staring down a vault or getting on top of a beam? I would have to say our athletes do a really good job of feeding off of it. Mm -hmm. um, something that, you know, we, we can only simulate so much in a practice. We sure. cannot simulate over 9,000 people, you know, cheering in the stands. But if you've ever seen a gymnastics meet, there are times when a 10 has been given and your athletes performing on the beam and they have to block it out and they have to finish, you know, doing what they're doing. So um, we practice being in our bubble, you know, the athletes mm -hmm. bubble when they're competing and just blocking out and being mindful of staying present and doing what, you know, what they do. But um no, it's, it's a balance and it's um, a challenge. Uh, a lot of our freshmen have competed in front of 9,000 people, but not with the energy that they brought to the table um, that evening. And 
it's it's um, it's a moment I can't explain and something that I know our student athletes are truly grateful to be able to experience. What part do you play? I mean, you, you talk about like, like a lot about like uh, just like mental stuff, like their mindset. What part do you play uh, with, with the players? Um, what role do you play with them in that aspect in the coaching? Like how much of that uh, involves in your coaching? I wish I majored in psychology, um, but I'd say a good 75, 80% is, is that mental aspect. And really as a coach, um, myself and my staff, we do our very best to understand each individual athlete and what their needs are, because not every athlete needs the same thing given to everybody. Um, so I think it's really important as a coach to understand how those how your student athletes work as an individual so that you can maximize the most out of every every person. Um, but um, it's it's a lot of it's a lot of prep. It's a lot of training, you know, in practice and, you know, treating practice like every every turn matters, every turn counts um, or a sport that that you're judged by finesse, by grace, by power, by execution, you know, all these things. And um, it's really, it's unlike any other sport, but that mental component is, is really big. Jenny, I want to ask you because gymnastics is very much a team event that is done in individual vacuums, if you will. How do you, um, I guess, balance you know, obviously you've recruited very well. You've brought in a ton of talent. You've brought in Olympians. Um, how do you balance the, the team aspect over the, the individual aspect, especially when having to make, you know, tough you know, roster decisions on, on uh, for meets? First and foremost, everything, every decision, um, everything we do is in the best interest of the team. Um, it Somebody may not feel it's in the best interest of themselves, but it's something that we take that time to start from day one, discussing, having those conversations that this is this is the team, this is about the team, and sometimes tough decisions are made for that reason and that purpose. Um, this is <laughs> this is a sport where these young women come into college as individuals. And they are competing for themselves and they're competing for a spot on the Olympic team and they're competing for, you know, all, all, all these high level competitions. And then you come in and you've got this family that surrounds you that you're not just competing for yourself, but you're competing for something much bigger for, than yourself. And um, I would say that's probably the hardest part about going from we're an individual sport, but we're competing as a team, um, really finding that balance of not trying too hard, not wanting to disappoint your team, all those emotions, because you're you're flying solo at one point. You know, if you've made the lineup, you're up there by yourself. There's no offense. There's no defense. It's just you and really just tampering those emotions and, you know, keeping them calm and at ease and knowing that, yes, our sport expects perfection, 
but there is no such thing. And you know what? To to just be outstanding and the Gators are going to be pretty good. So finding that balance of not wanting to disappoint your teammates and, you know, trying to be perfect, that's not an easy task. And it's something mm. that's just learned. And I, I think learned amongst our team of, you know, true acceptance. You know what? Everybody's going to make mistakes. And that's why five of the six scores count on each event. And so, you know what? It There can be a mistake. And, you know, we've got each other's backs. Do you, do you ever recall maybe seeing it when you, you said um, you're competing for something, you know, bigger? I assume that's for the university and for, for the Gators. Do you see maybe that click with freshmen, whether it's in a practice or maybe the first time they hear, you know, a roar in the O-Dome when it kind of like hits them like, oh, I really am. There is something bigger than me, even bigger than, you know, just this one group of women. It's the girls that have come before us and the ones that come after us and, and competing for the university. Oh, for sure. I think um, in an instant, these young women are coming to college and doing NCAA gymnastics for something bigger, for something mm -hmm. more than themselves, to be a part of a team, which for the majority of them have never had that experience. An experience where, you know, you have 18 athletes going through the same training and the same highs and some of the same lows and experiencing everything and being able to relate to each other. I mean, that's, that's that instant bond that these uh, women have. And I'd say probably the very first time that you compete in the O-Dome, it is that, yes, this is way bigger than myself. And um, just that sense of pride that uh, these young women have for the Gators. Um, I, I think they wear their hearts on the sleeves. I think that's what makes our team so special to watch, so fun to watch. Um, these women have such a great bond with each other, um, want to do everything for each other and, and for the Gators. And, um, yeah, I think, uh, it really, it really shows that on that competition floor. Um, uh, I'm a huge summer Olympics nerd. I'm really into the winter Olympics now. Um, so I started watching, I think it was on, uh, NBC, it was chasing gold. And that's where I first learned about, Morgan Hurd as she was trying to make the Olympic team. And unfortunately she was dealing with an elbow injury. Then um, she shows up on campus. And I think she made a joke on social media. I got tired of elbow surgeries. So I, you know, getting an ACL surgery now, um, obviously tough for her. She's dealt with injuries before, but um, what is, what has her impact been um, on the, on the team this year? Just having somebody with, I guess, her level of elite competition experience, being able to come in and, even though she can't compete, just be around and, and almost be a coach, I guess, uh, on the sidelines with you. Really, I, I can't say enough about this young woman. I mean, coming in as a college student is hard. Coming in at semester is harder. Coming in and just joining a team and, yeah, we're traveling and we're competing and we've been training for six months and, you know, ready to do this and ready to do that. And just to be able to enter a group of 17 girls, women, um, who have already created a bond. And it's like, all right, who are you? And of course, everybody knows who Morgan is. But for her to step right in, really slide on in, and feel like she's been with us this 
whole entire year, really amazing. I can't say uh, that is normal for anybody to be able to do. And that just says a lot about her character. Um, she is such a trooper and such uh, an inspiration to a lot of these, uh, a lot of her teammates and <laughs> girls, young women, people all around the world. Um, she's just, she's she's been a great shining light. I know she is really disappointed that she isn't able to do gymnastics. And uh, for anybody that's really challenging, no matter how many surgeries you've had, uh, it's not easy to sit on the bench, uh, but she really has handled it with so much grace and uh, trying to make the most of the opportunities that she does have uh, in front of her right now. So yes, making those connections with uh, her teammates, uh, diving into school. It's been a little while since she's been in school. So really taking advantage of college life, meeting new people, finding new friends. And um, she really is making the most of her time, which I had no doubt she would. Jenny, I want to ask you about another name, Leanne Wong, you know, somebody that was an alternate for the Olympics. Uh, I think she won silver, mm -hmm. I believe. Um, at, uh, at worlds last year, she came in, um, has a, uh, she got a perfect 10. She ends up, I think, winning the all around against Arkansas. What has her impact been? How is she, um, assimilated into, to college? Obviously a lot more distraction, a, a lot of other things going on beyond, you know, gymnastics, but, but what's her transition been like from, you know, the world stage down to, um, back to the college stage. She has, everybody has their own story and she has a very unique one as well. She stepped on campus in August, went through freshman orientation, dropped her stuff in her dorm, didn't set it up and said, I'll be back uh, right after Worlds. Um, she was confident that she was, this was what she was going to pursue and do and uh, commit to. And we were able to help her make that commitment and enroll her in online classes. Um, she went back, trained at her club for, I don't know how many hours a day they train, <laughs> was a full-time college student, finished up taking uh, what she, uh, uh, calculus her first semester at Florida, um, training for Worlds, um, you know, amongst her other, you know, 12-hour classes that she was taking, um, and wins a silver medal at Worlds, all while making like a 3.8 or something crazy GPA that semester. Um, finished Worlds, came back to the United States on a Monday, uh, the end of October, was on campus the following Monday, um, right after Worlds, and just jumped right into the fire. I mean, we we were in the middle. Our team was just in the middle of of ramping up, getting ready for our season. And I've she I've never seen anybody just jump in and and go. We as coaches were prepared to have her take a little bit of downtime. You know, you know, chill a little bit, decompress. You know, and she was just ready to go. She was on campus for a week before we left for Thanksgiving. She's, she, she's funny. She watches everybody. You can just see those wheels ticking. And we left for Thanksgiving after an inner squad. And she made some comment that, Hey, I, I think I need to, I think I need to get a, a different 10 vault. And she's like, I'll work on it over break. Don't worry. I'll be back with one. 
Like, okay. The You're telling her to calm down and decompress. She's like, I'm going to be doing vaults over Thanksgiving break and I'll come she back. She did. She went home. She relearned a, a vault that she had been training a little bit and came back with a new vault. I mean, this this young woman is just hungry and she just keeps getting better and better and better and figuring out college is really college gymnastics is very different than that international stage. Mm -hmm. She was used to doing like 50 million different crazy skills. And now we're down to like 10 crazy skills, you know, <laughs> perfect as possible. And, um, she really just is settling in and figuring, figuring this, uh, NCAA gymnastics stuff out really well. How often, whether it's at a meet or in practice, do you kind of just look at your team and, and are just kind of taken aback um, by, you know, everything that they handle as women, everything that they handle as student athletes? I took college algebra three times, um, not definitely not calculus. Um, and, and just how they're able to balance everything and, and the pressures of um, relationships and school and, and performing and, and just – the kind of the team and how they are able to, you know, spin all these plates and, and, and do it with such grace. Every, every, every day I pinch myself, true story, maybe not pinch myself, but take that moment driving onto campus. And first of all, so grateful to be a Florida Gator. And then second of all, I look at my team and really, truly they, don't get it. They don't understand how inspiring they are um, to myself. Um, I, I believe they think they are to, you know, several gymnasts, you know, out there, but it goes way beyond that. Um, but really, uh, truly inspiring to myself, my staff. Um, it's not easy being a college student, A, it's not easy being an athlete, B, and to be a student athlete at the number five school in the country um, just equals insane amount of dedication, hard work, commitment, um, and, you know, just focus and, you know, doing, doing what they want to do and what they want to accomplish. And uh, my end goal or one of my end goals for them is to have the most fun doing it and never regret uh, a day in their life of saying, um, I, I wouldn't do this all over again. I love it. Um, Jenny, I want to go back to, to Skaggs. I'm going to ask this question earlier. I know that she has launched the, the tiny bow project. And so I wanted to make sure that we, we talked a little bit about that. Um, I know that she's raising uh, a lot of money for um, equity and equality for human trafficking, mental health, LGBTQ pride. Um, but just wanted to maybe hear from, from you a little bit more about that project and, um, and how that's going for her. Well, first and foremost, uh, this is her project and something that, I have no <laughs> ties to sure. um, really getting involved or getting in the middle or getting mm -hmm. in the way of any of my student athletes and what they want to accomplish and, and do. Um, she definitely has made a commitment to go way above and beyond, um, I think, anything that a lot of people would ever imagine. Um, however... 
that's Skaggs. She mm. always has been. Um, the, the moment that she stepped foot on campus as a freshman, uh, just a very mature, a very wise and very confident in who she was. And I thought she was confident as a freshman, but just that confidence has grown and gained um, steam over these last, what, this our fifth year. And for her to be able to launch such an amazing product and, um, you know, have have a, a cause behind and a reason behind um, just says says a lot about Skaggs. I love it. Well, Jenny, we really appreciate your time uh, this evening joining uh, us. It's it's been incredible to watch the uh, the gymnastics team this year, and we're going to continue to root for you on your way to uh, on your way to nationals, and and hopefully bring home another uh, national title at the University of Florida. We're rooting for you. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Go Gators. Go Gators. Friday, 545. 545. Friday night. LS who? <laughs> yeah. Y'all winning. Thanks, Y'all winning man. big. So we're not going to judge you with the Christmas decoration in the background. I know. Dude. I know. <laughs> I know you're busy. a little busy lately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. Just a little. <laughs> Jenny, as as Corey and Nick will tell you, I think every every time should be Christmas time. So we're on the right. uh, we're on the same page. Awesome. No, I just took mine down. <laughs> I love it. Thank you, Thank Jenny. You, Jenny. Good luck. Bye bye. Bye bye. Always great uh, to have Jenny Roland uh, on the show. Um, but boys, I think that that uh, brings us brings us to the end here. I know that uh, Corey, you maybe wanted to do a quick plug for um, plug, maybe plug, just some plug. details still getting worked out, but some uh, something to look forward to around uh, the Orange and Blue game. Yeah, we're getting busy. We're getting busy, so we are throwing a tailgate. Uh, we're going to pull up Stadium Miguel crew. We'll get y'all more details, uh, a lot of vibes. We're not going to just throw a regular little shindig. We're going to try to make it entertaining and a good time. So if you didn't plan on pulling up for the Orange and Blue game, I put that on your calendar. Uh, we hanging out. We're going to be shooting some content out there. We're going to be vibing. It's going to be a whole to-do. Same corner, same time, man. You know the vibes. Um, oh, shout out to looking forward to that. What's up? No, go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm good. No, I was just going to say, I, I know I will be there. Um, Corey has already promised me uh, the aux cord for at least an hour. So. Ooh, got you. I got you, man. We we, we, we can let a um, – we need to get the playlist. We need to get a – we start need to start keeping a track of the songs we put at the end, make a playlist mm. out of it. And then when we have shindigs, we mm. play the playlist. And when, when your shit started ringing off at the party, they'd be like, who put this on the playlist? <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> they'll, they'll, no, they'll, they'll know. know. They'll know. They'll know. <laughs> <laughs> we, we need one of the fans. Week, we, we need one of the fans to put uh, this. To start putting this playlist together as we roll songs out. Just throw that on one playlist and call it Stadium Miguel playlist on Spotify or something. Bro, that'd be a wild playlist. I that, like that, it that that covers a lot of genres of music. Yeah, it's content, man. I love it. Uh, well, Silk, um, let's let's get out of here. Uh, let's get the uh, Manscaped ad read. Be sure to listen to it. There's a new promo code new at the promo end. So make sure. streets, man. Uh, SG. Oh, no, 20 SG. What am I? What am I? Damn, right? Yeah, 20 yeah. SG. 20 yeah. SG. 20 SG. Shout out to the great folks at manscaped.com. The best of the best in man grooming. Uh, be sure to take care of those family jewels, fellas. It's getting warm again. It's part of our last month of cool weather, and we're going to be right back into, into the thick of things. Uh, April is right around the corner. Uh, get your ball deodorant on deck. 
Uh, if you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. Keep that thing on deck. Um, the lawnmower 4.0 is still the go-to device in my in my weaponry when it comes mm. to grooming. Um, <laughs> you found you found your charger? Found my charger. I'm back in business. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, it was actually mixed up in Harlem's gadgets. Mm. I was like, well, "What you doing, this boy? You ain't got you ain't got nothing to shave right now, fam." Let me get this back in my room. Uh, but I finally I'm back in business. Uh, put that thing, let it run through the shower the, the other day, man. Uh, fresh cut, uh, smooth as a baby's bottom. Uh, SG twenty SG at checkout for twenty percent off and free shipping. Manscape.com, best of the best in man grooming. Take care of them family jewels. Love it. Well, Nick. You have the song of the week, my friend. Yeah, I uh, I got yeah, some pressure. Some I got pressure. some pressure to uh, to play the new YG Scared Money, um, but that's mm. not gonna be it. I, I wasn't feeling it. I, I get the whole Billy Napier Scare Money Don't Make Money vibes, but I'm going with uh, my boy Bobby Tarantino. We're gonna go a little Logic this week. Everyday mm. Logic and Marshmallow. I like that. Uh, now, if I if for, for anybody to suggest him a song, like for for you to say my song and not play, it's probably more disrespectful than just not playing. Yeah, yeah I had to acknowledge that I was trying that I was being cyberbullied. Yeah, um, I have to acknowledge, acknowledge that he heard that he probably need to bully and, Dan for his songs. Dan don't give Dan don't care what you <laughs> say. Someone needs song. to bully Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Dan needs some more bullying in his life. Yeah, yeah, bullying for his tracks, man. Dan be Dan be getting into his fiddle. A lot of fiddles in Dan bag. There's gonna be a lot. There's gonna be a lot more. I think we talked about this. One of my favorite bands, Turnpike Troubadours, is back. They got a fiddle player, so they put out some new music. And the boys got a fiddle player. You can be assured that the 13 Big. songs that they have that they release on that album are gonna be the 13 next songs of the week. That's wild. Big fiddles at the tailgate, man. Big fiddles. Big fiddles at the tailgate. Hey, maybe we can get a fiddle player. Who knows? I can get a fiddle player. You want to get a fiddle yeah, player? There you go. Let's do. It. Let's make it interesting out there, man. Yeah, we we'll get a fiddle yeah. player, man. Big fiddles. <laughs> All right. Hey, man, y'all be, y'all be sure to show up, man. We hang out. It's the Roll Up Network, Stage and Miguel, same corner, same time. Check out that tailgate. We out here a little bit. We'll see you boys next week. Here. Yeah. Hey. I work hard every motherfucking day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I work hard, I work hard every day, yeah, 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 yeah. But today is my day, it's my day, and no matter what they say, it's my day. La 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 la, yeah. Roll up to the spot, feeling real good. Think you gon' talk shit? You better not. My homies real hood. They say logic, why you do that? I You bucking back, yeah, I've been working, but I ain't got nothing back Tell me the dilly now, hold up, wait, really now All of that shit you've been talking just silly now It's as quick as you rise Just as quick as you could fall Oh, no, 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 I can't fuck with that at all Can't fuck with that at all I work hard every motherfucking day, yeah, yeah, yeah I work hard, I work hard every day, yeah, yeah, yeah 
All she ever wanted was attention And a bunch of other shit I shouldn't mention Cause she got daddy issues for days For days and days But today She ain't got shit to do Her right along with you So we gon' fuck around and vibe and vibe and vibe and vibe I'm tryna live my life But am I doing it right? Yeah I'm tryna live my life But am I doing it right? They tell me I'm the man You the man right now You the man right now With the whole wide world in the palm of your hand right now Fuck the lights and the cameras and the money and the fame I'ma do it for the fan right now I'ma get it for the 301 and the R-A-T-T-P-A-C Cause you know I work hard every motherfucking day yeah, yeah, yeah. I work hard, I work hard